This show is sponsored by Rosemary.nz. If you're into retro bowling shirts, men's panel shirts, 50s rockabilly style shirts, hop on to Rosemary.nz, look at her amazing range of printed fabrics, pick a design, and then just flicker an email, and she will make you a shirt specifically to your design. They are unique, they're amazing value, and they're beautifully made. Rosemary.nz. We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror and saw descending from the sky. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. I feel retrogasmic. 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 With Dee Dee Deluxe. Welcome to the Retrogasmic Podcast. I'm Dee Dee Deluxe. Uh, I'm on my own again. Uh, Hetty Lebom is down in our basement laboratory. She's still working very hard on her giant robot. Uh, this week's show is all about one-man bands. And our special guest today is Little Chuck, the one-man skiffle machine, who's got a new album called Mono coming out, so-called because uh, it was recorded around one microphone. He's probably New Zealand's best-known one-man band. Since the 13th century, there have been uh, people basically playing a flute and banging a drum or banging a drum and strumming some kind of stringed instrument. Uh, the tradition goes back as, as, as far as people have been playing music. There's something fascinating about one person playing multiple instruments and putting on a show that would normally take two, three or more people. The other big advantage, of course, is that if you're doing everything on your own and you're replacing two or three people, uh, the venue or whoever you're playing for is cutting their costs and the economics of that go way back. Uh, we're going to start off today with a song by uh, Vince Blue Mondi. Um, he was around in the 40s a bit of a kind of a tv star for a while he used to play guitar play harmonica he sang and he also had a kind of a homemade rig up in front of him that had i guess you'd call them wind in instruments um various horns and things that sounded like trumpets and trombones and and they were basically kazoos but he would use his mouth shape to make them sound more like a, a horn section so yeah clever guy and 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 a good a real good performer the I guess his most famous thing was that at one point he was lined up to be uh, the full orchestra on a guy called Henry Morgan's TV show. So much like today on The Tonight Show or whatever, where there's a full band playing, this guy was going to be the full orchestra on his own. So this is his version of the famous St. Louis Blues, Vince Mondi. <laughs> Thank you. 
Next up, we have a song by the legendary Jesse Fuller. Uh, he was born at the uh, end of the 19th century, 1896, in uh, Jonesboro in Georgia, near Atlanta. Uh, he was sent by his mother to live with foster parents when he was very young, out in the country, and unfortunately he was pretty badly treated. Um, he was working on all sorts of jobs as a kid, grazing cows, uh, working in a barrel factory, a broom factory, even a rock uh, quarry carrying rocks around. Um, he worked on a railroad company, uh, he was shining shoes, all sorts of things. By the age of 10, he was playing the guitar and in his own description, he learnt two techniques, frailing and picking. <laughs> in the 20s, he lived in California and he uh, uh, ran a hot dog stand out in the street and he became friends with uh, Douglas Fairbanks, the, the actor. He did a few spots as an extra in movies, including The Thief of Baghdad. In the early 50s, he kind of decided that he'd had enough of doing odd jobs and, and scraping a living, and he wanted to try and be a, a full-time musician. Um, he basically decided that by playing the instruments himself, he wouldn't need a band. Um, he had a blues and ragtime kind of uh, background and started playing in clubs and uh, originally was just playing his guitar and harmonica but then he added in a, a kazoo and a cymbal or a hi-hat basically and um, went very well he became very popular he um, he was always very polite to the the audience he spoke to everybody um, as ladies and gentlemen and he was very well known for his kind of banter and joke in between songs he was a very likable character he spoke about his love for his family and his wife he built into that the sadness and, and the poverty of his youth. So 
you know, I think it's quite easy for people to um, associate with him, you know. So this is probably his most famous song. This is called San Francisco Bay Blues, and it's from 1968. Yeah, the San Francisco Bay Blues, ladies and gentlemen. That's the song that got me so much money. Hold a minute, hold a minute. I got to tune the string back now, see? All set. Francisco Bay Blues. Thank <laughs> you. 
Right, and on the line we have little Chuck, the one-man skiffle machine. How are you doing, fella? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good to hear from you. So, uh, um, you've had an exciting year, young man. Um, let's let's start off with a, um, just just tell us a bit about how this amazing trip over to was it the UK? That's right. Yeah, yeah. tell us about how, how you kind of uh, you kind of got into that. It's a good yeah, well, it was a, it was an interesting process, really. I was wanting to do a really rootsy album uh, my, for my third album, and I just specifically wanted to use just one microphone. And anyway, so I started googling around about mic recording techniques, just because obviously I'm a one man band. So you know, I wanted to just to have this one microphone capture all the instruments in one hit at one time in just a one mic. Right. And I, previously when I'd recorded, I'd used multiple mics on all the different instruments in a kind of a much more modern way. And uh, anyway, I was, I, was, I was researching these mic techniques and I found this video called Recording 50s Style. And it was um, in a, a video in a studio in the UK called Sugar Rays. And uh, I thought, man, they're doing exactly what I want to do. And so... Um, I figured that I had a trip planned to the UK, and I got in touch with them and said, "Hey, if I come over to the UK, um, well, can we slot a time in?" And uh, and they said, "Yeah, let's do it." So that's how it happened. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so how many how many tracks on the album? Fourteen. And how long did it take you to record? Uh, it's probably about eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely epic. Good on you. Fantastic. So, yeah, look. yeah. So the interesting thing was, I mean, if you go back to kind of the way recording was done way back when is that all the work was done prior to going into the studio. You know, uh, these guys just were well-rehearsed, well-performed. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, but what I did when I got the idea for doing the album was I just then spent, I probably spent six months at home just rehearsing every day, knowing that when I went into the studio and the light came on, I just played the songs as I'd rehearsed them, really. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah proper performance-based recording. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. uh, I mean, how did you get into doing this you must have been in bands with other people and just playing guitar or just singing or just playing harmonica how did you end up doing i mean uh, i've seen a couple of clips of you and bass drum guitar harmonica singing hi-hat yeah uh i mean as my grandmother would say if they stuck a broom under your arm you could sweep up as well yeah that's so, right that's the yeah yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> i have been known to make toast while i've been doing all that really yeah, there is a there is a video of me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay to see that. So, I mean, I mean, how did you get into this? Right, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting process. So, I I got into playing music really late in life. Um, I was about twenty one when I really suddenly went, "This is the area I want to go down," and that came from a love of music and also at about age 18, seeing a one man band in the UK playing called um, the Little Big Band. And he was the first guy I ever saw. He was busking on the streets, and he was playing a resonating guitar and a hi-hat and a kick and, and harmonica. And I'd just never seen anything like it in my life. So I I, I bought his cassette for five quid because this was before um, – this was late 80s, you know. So um, I bought his cassette for five quid, took it home, and just thought, this is what I want to do. And then there was this sort of snowball effect of just, you know, all of a sudden once I'd – seen him and then all of a sudden and then I met a couple of other musos who played harmonica and guitar and this sort of stuff and the whole world just opened up and this is a period where I was listening to Megadeth right you know of course so, that, that seems so, yeah. like the, the obvious the obvious choice yeah. <laughs> you see I, re I realized under, underneath all heavy metal 
was just the blues anyway. Absolutely, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I started going backwards. Um, yeah. I, I often annoy people by referring to Led Zepp as a blues band, but um, yes. it, it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly yeah, right. So, no. so look, look, let's um, let's get straight into it. Um, would you like to introduce your uh, uh, the, the, the single off, off the album, Right By My Side? Tell us a little bit about the song. Yeah, yeah. So this is a song that I wrote um, during the during the time I was um, practicing for the album, and I kind of I don't know I, when I this one in my head I, I heard it in a kind of a, a retroy fifties kind of vibe, and it just came out very very quickly, and it, it also came out of purchasing the wrong harmonica on eBay. I uh, I spent a hundred dollars on the wrong harmonica and yep, wrong key. Uh, it, it, it was it's a it's a B flat seven harmonica. Ah, oh, so and you meant to get a B flat, did you? Yeah, I wanted a B flat to and play it, over E flat. Yeah, so it had a really interesting sound to it. So the lick came, and then all of a sudden the song fell into it, and then now it's become the new single. So yeah, it's available for free as well on my website backyardmusic.co.nz. Just give that and, another uh, give that another plug. Oh, backyardmusic.co.nz. Okay, so your real name is Davy Backyard. Is that real? <laughs> real name's David. Yeah, David is my real name, but it's rather boring, so I think Little Chick works a bit a little bit better. <laughs> okay, well, let's have a listen. This is uh, Little Chuck, the one-man skiffle machine, and right by my side. Fall to the floor with every breath. 
take Yes, I fall to the floor With every breath you take Well, there could be no other Who could take your place Yes, I need you right here Right by my side well, I need you right here, right by my side. If you were ever to leave me, well, I would surely die. So tell us a bit more about the uh, uh, the trip to the UK. I'm assuming you went over there for a, for, for you know family or whatever. So you got to the studio, and I, I mean, how long did it take to kind of position everything around the mic so it sounded right? And um, you know, how did you get it to sound kind of? Yeah, like, like, well, because I've heard it, and it does sound like you're sitting in front of us playing live. Yes. That's the great feel. Yeah, well, what I did was it was a, it was every, I wanted everything. Everything I want in life is that I want it to be blindingly simple. So I um, when I when I had obviously been talking to Dean who who owns the studio prior, and I said this is what I want to do. This is the kind of approach I want, which is basically me sitting there with one microphone and whatnot. So he had already worked out in his head how it would probably best work, and then we went into the studio and. Literally, I probably within, I don't know, within 40 minutes, I was sat there then for the next however many, you know, hours playing all the songs. And realistically, we didn't, once he'd set that mic up in that position, we tried a couple of other little things, but once we'd settled on that within a few minutes, it was, it was sorted. So even the right by my side video, which was take two, and it's the one, I think that was the second song I played that day. So, I think a session started at ten o'clock, and that was that was probably filmed at about you know eleven thirty or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty quick. I mean, it's it's, it's you know whether whether people are into this kind of rootsy uh, music or not, just the fact that this is a musician playing live. There's no auto tune. There's no layering. There's no uh, sound wave manipulation. It is as it is. Is still yeah. a wonderful thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, you know, I suppose, I, I mean, at my at my age, I'm, you know, I'm, head, I'm heading, I'm, I'm on the uh, the wrong side of being nearly fifty. So, um, I, uh, I, I sort of, I've, I've seen, um, I've worked a lot, I've worked hard on on my craft, but also, you know, I, you know, over modern times, you see so much manipulations of music, Absolutely. and I, I'm, I'm driven by. You know, Howling Wolf. And- no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I was, I was going to ask you about that. Um, yeah. We're going to feature some other uh, kind of famous and infamous one-man bands on the show, of yeah. course. Uh, yeah. I mean, of, of some of the old-school guys, I mean, who, uh, uh, you know, who kind of in- inspired you? Jesse Fuller or Joe Hill-Louis? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Dr. Ross, who, who, who else? Well, 
Yeah, interestingly, it's, it's funny you say Jesse Fuller because he, again, was... He um, inspired the one-man band that, that I was inspired by. So the San Francisco Bay Blues by Jesse Fuller was the song that I learned from the little big band. Yes. So it's kind of gone in this circle, you know. Yeah. And he was a very different one-man band to me. But, you know, even so, um, uh, you, you know, it's sort of passing on the on the torch a little bit, you know. Um, and then again, you, you listen to people like, yeah, like Dr. Ross, and you just look at that. Just they've got a real groove, a simple groove going. Absolutely. And I, I really mean, dig the four to the floor thing is quite common. Yeah. And that's why so much of it early on, especially. I mean, I, I guess the most famous worldwide hit would be Rosie, Don Partridge, which was a, a yeah. you know, that, I mean, that was a, a kind of a late 60s, 2-4 stomp. Great yes. song and a huge hit, and it kind of fitted for the time. You couldn't do something like that now. I mean, no, but not, I mean, here's I'm going to put something to you. Um, yeah. If you say that technology moves forwards with the music, um, yeah. modern one man bands, I would argue that the most famous one man band of all time now is Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I think you're right. He plays stadiums That's... with himself, yeah. an acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, sometimes a, yeah. and and an astonishing loops setup. That's right. But basically, it's just him. And he is, yes, play, right. he is playing it all live, and I know it's not yes. um, at the same time. But how yeah. do you feel about that? Would you would you would you allow that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I do another um, sort of. I, I have different personas, and I do I play in a lot of bars around Christchurch. Yeah. Well, bit, and when living, I do yeah. those bars, I do them under this Davy backyard, and I have a loop pedal so that I can play guitar solos over the chord progression I've been playing, you know, so it sort of fills that out. So, you know, I, I am aware of, of, of the loop side of things. For me personally, it has a place, um, but I particularly like the physical challenge um, of getting my hands and my feet working in, in sync with each other. I get a great kick out of that, and I get a great, great kick out of going, can I harmonise that note on the harmonica? With that one out on the guitar as I'm playing them, that's that's what fills me. So that's why I sort of no, go I, down that. I, I totally get that. I totally get mm-hmm. that. I mean, I occasionally we play as a trio, and I kind of uh, do the cajon and harmonica and singing and a little bit of brushes. But uh, the thought of playing a guitar as well, my, I can feel my my brain leaking out my ear just thinking about that. I, I simply don't have the independence, and I leap about too much. You know, but and, yeah. and I totally lack any talent. That's the other main thing. So look, let's. Um, thank you so much for talking to us. Let's. Um, uh, Let's go out on uh, another track from the album. How about Backyard Harmonica Boogie? I think that would be a great one. Thanks for talking to us, man. Good luck. Hey, thanks a lot. Cheers for having me.
Backyard Harmonica Boogie by Little Chuck, the one-man skiffle machine. Fantastic stuff. Um, we're going to uh, finish off with probably the most famous and arguably the most successful, if you don't include Ed Sheeran, of all the one-man bands, Don Partridge. Um, he was born in Bournemouth in uh, England and uh, a bit of an eccentric character. He left home at age 15 and, uh, according to him, worked at 45 different jobs, including being a burglar. Uh, <laughs> he uh, once jumped off Hammersmith Bridge with wings attached to him, trying to fly. Got a bit of a name for himself busking around, around London. He used to play a guitar and a kazoo and a harmonica, and he used to have a big bass drum and a cymbal strapped to him. So... Uh, it was a fair old noise and he was frequently arrested because uh, back then that wasn't the done thing. Um, he got signed to, I think it was Columbia Records and uh, had a hit called Rosie, which we're going to play in a minute. It was a, a worldwide hit. He went on and formed a, a band and made a couple of albums. Um, I think they were called The Accolades. At um, the end of the 60s, he put on a, a, a big buskers concert with an audience of about 4,000 people um, at the Royal Albert Hall, which he hired himself. And that featured some of his friends, including um, Gordon Giltrap, um, Dave Brock, the guitarist and songwriter from Hawkwind. Yeah, I mean, a, a real eccentric, a great character. And this is basically the most successful, if you like, busker one man band single. This is Rosie. Rosie, oh Rosie, I'd like to paint your face up in the sky. Sometimes when I'm busy, relaxing, I look up and catch your eye. Your Thunder and lightning and sunset strokes the color to your skin. Your eyes are so blue, I just think of a blue sky and bumblebees buzzing on the wind. Rosie, oh Rosie, it's raining when you look the other way. Rosie. Oh, Rosie, your laughter brings sunshine out to play. And though I just Your 
Whether you're listening to rock and roll, rockabilly, swing, jazz, blues, or a one-man band, make sure you do it in a nice, sharp, retro men's bowling shirt made to measure to your design by rosemary.nz. So another show comes to an end. Thank you very much to Rosemary.nz, our lovely sponsor. Thank you to little Chuck, the one-man skiffle machine. He has a gig at the Wine Cellar in Auckland on Friday, the 29th of March, so get down to that. If you are looking for something entertaining to do in the next couple of weeks and you are also in Auckland, the uh, Postman's Leg Pub. It's a massive bar in Glenfield uh, in Auckland. Um, Boom Boom Deluxe are doing a big hop there. There'll be classic cars. There'll be a pin-up competition. It should be great fun. So thank you for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Retro-ca-